Okay, so I'm doing another podcast. Good morning, good morning. Um, vibes are... Ugh. I know, the last one I think I posted was said weird vibes. The vibes aren't weird anymore, I don't think. I'm just kind of over it. <laughs> yeah, that laugh is not funny. Um, so I'm going to work. Obs. Well, it's not obvious because sometimes I'm telling y'all this stuff as I'm leaving, but I'm actually headed there today. I'm, this is the podcast the right way. I'm going to work today. I've been going to work the other days too, but usually I tell you I come on usually when I'm leaving. Usually I'm not telling y'all this stuff as I'm going. Like it's like the like the preface or the premise should be is short podcast I can do on my way to work, not on my way home. This man is too little like Yorkie type dog, so cute. Seeing the dogs, mine is at home. He's got to eating four pieces of bologna. Yeah, he Snaps in the comments. Snap, 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 snap. That uh, he was barking at the fridge like a madman, and he wanted to eat. So I was like, wow, okay. I finally got to experience his stare at the microwave. I'm hungry moment. Except this was, you're in the fridge. I'm barking at the fridge. Feed me. So he ate four pieces of bologna. Um, yeah, um, he's kind of at his end, if you will. Um, I think I've mentioned on here before what he's going through. Um, if not, it's anal sac and dinosarcoma, which is anal sac cancer. He's 13, it's she too, and the love of my life. Anyway, he's going through it. He's not, I, don't, I shouldn't say he's at the end. I shouldn't say that. That's kind of morbid. But he is, you know, <laughs> it's inevitable. At some point, he will stop responding to his daily needs, like eating, drinking, and, you know, going to the bathroom, will, you know, on his own. Like, he hasn't gotten to the point yet where he's peeing. You know, just just to pee. Like, they said if he starts voiding his bowels in the house, you know, because he can't hold it, then you know. But he hasn't been really doing that yet. I mean, he did um, have, like, he had moments where he would, like, leak. I know this is kind of TMI, but, like, he would leak um, just because... The medicine he was on gave him diarrhea. So it wasn't like he was just it wasn't like he was just doing it like on like, you know, no control. It's just that he had diarrhea. And so of course he'd be tired some days and just, you know. It's just stuff like that. But we've taken him to doctors. This is not just WebMD type lookups. This is, you know, we've taken him to doctors, we've gotten prognosis, we've gotten medicines, we've got diagnosis. That's my biggest thing. Okay, so let's talk about that since we're on here. Since we're since I'm spilling tea today, sis. I got time today, sis. Okay, so biggest pet peeve of mine, and it's just me, and it might actually be y'all too. If y'all got family members or loved ones or friends or pets or kids, you know, I mean, really, truly, it should be like kids. I guess you could say more so kids and pets. Family members, they're gonna do what they're gonna do because they're adults. Most of them, you know, you would you would think. I don't know, it just, it, anyway, it, 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 it can appear. Family members, kids, whatever the case may be, 
you got somebody in your life you love that's going through a traumatic illness or you know a terminal illness or whatever question question friends i have a question for y'all do you hate do you hate when people with and i'm gonna say this out loud and don't come for me with no medical experience nor medical degree watch this and no medical experience because we all have medical experience we all have had a scraped knee a, you know busted arm we've all had up you know bumps and bruises but i'm talking about true true medical experience do you like when they try to diagnose oh somebody racing oh and they ain't even got no race cars so it was a honda and a, a chevrolet they thought they were slick I mean, they was going toe-to-toe down the road. Anyway, so do y'all, um, do y'all hate when people, when people do that? That's my biggest pet peeve. Because, like, when my puppy son got diagnosed March 3rd, 2020, I'll never forget that day. That day will live with me forever as one of the most terrible days of my life. One, I said one of the most terrible days of my life. There's been multiple terrible days in my life, but this, you know, this one. I mean, they all hit close to home, but this one here, you know, it's, it's you know, it's your baby. You know, he's your, you know, I've raised him since I was 16, so, you know, he's my, you know, my first. Possibly my one and only. I, you know, have no idea what my future will hold. Never say never, but, um, when he was diagnosed, you know, we took some time to process it. We were just, like, shocked and, you know angry obviously that's another podcast for another day because i you know i really want to talk about it but right now i'm still looking i haven't looked into options of what i can do in that in that um, regard but when i find out the options i'll let y'all know um what i'm talking about or whatever but anyway so we're angry and stuff like that and i think we told people a couple days later and of course you know it was all love and support we're here for you we're here for you we're here for you, we're here for you, we're here for you. But as we went on with his diagnosis, and we went on, you know, down the line, you know, caring for him, and we would give, you know, certain people updates, you know, I would update, oh, he's doing this today, or he didn't do this, or we had a breakthrough moment, you know, um, things like that. You know, just little, just little inputs here and there. You know, it was all positive, stay strong, we're here for you. It was never, you know, as it got to get worse, and it, it, a lot of, as a lot of times things when they get worse, you know, and you never know too. People see what they see, and you see what you see. And so what I see, because I've been with them for 13 years of my life, you know, as a, as a fighter, as somebody that you know is trying to hold on for as long as they can. For you know, I, I see somebody that's resilient and still got life with a pep in his step. Even that step may be a little bit slower than, you know, than when he was younger and more healthy. So, you know, I see something different than what everyone else will see. So, of course, outsiders looking in, and I know people mean well. They mean well. They do. But it's just like, okay, when a loved one passes, and the first thing I see my mouth is, oh, don't cry, it'll be okay. Okay, my loved one just passed, right? I'm sad. I'm going to cry. I'm going to grieve. I'm going to do that. Okay? That's what you do when a loved one passes. You cry. You grieve. You let it out. 
okay? No, I don't want to be hugged by 800 people and told the same story of don't cry, it'll be okay. No, I want to be able to grieve, you know, outwardly but in peace if you if you catch my grip. So, he, you know, I've been diagnosed. Of course, we've been taken to, we took him to uh, Blue Pearl Oncology when they had oncology. They know ours here where I'm at no longer has oncology. Sad, but um, and then they really couldn't do much anything else for him anyway. They said that he's not responding to his cancer meds, so there's nothing else they could really do. Um, but anyway, um, so you know we, we were we were already giving getting him the best care and treatment we could possibly get him. And, you know, I get it. You know, everyone has, you know, their opinion, has, has the right to their opinions, on top of their opinions. But I don't like when certain, when people, when people try to have their say, have their day. And what I mean is have their say, have their day, is try to tell you what you need to do or what needs to be happening or what they think you need to do, what they think is actually going on or what they think, you know, I didn't know I knew a bunch of veterinarians. I, I didn't know that. You know, and I'm, and I'm being funny about that part, but I'm also being serious. I didn't know I knew a bunch of veterinarians. And what I mean by that is, so many people are walking around here with veterinarian degrees. I've never seen a day in my life. Didn't know they were going to veterinary school. But yet, when, it, when things happen, when he's diagnosed like that, the first thing out of people's mouth, well, I'm going to tell you what the first thing out of some people's mouth was. Oh, He's got cancer. Oh, you just going to put him down. I mean, that was very like, I forgot they're closing Hebner. And I came back this way thinking, yeah, ooh, that's very sketchy. I didn't even think that through. But good thing I, you know, they, they're not doing what I think they're doing. So that's good. But, um, yeah, first thing I was not, they're not. Oh, he's diagnosed with cancer. He's going to put, put him down. And I was just like, um, I was just like, okay, that's, you know, not, no, no. I'm like, we just get diagnosed. No. You know, we have time with him still. It's not at the end just yet. No. So, of course, I, I stopped talking to certain people for a little bit. I was hurt. I was like, especially my, you know, friends or family or whatever. And you're thinking, you know, he... You know, you don't want him to suffer. I don't, like, let me preface this. I never want him to suffer. I never want to prolong his suffering or any loved one's suffering for my own selfish need, if you will. Okay? So because I'm sad and I'm hurting and I don't want to be alone and I don't want to be without him, I'm not trying to say, okay, you have to stay alive for me. I'm going to keep you alive for me. That's never the case. We took him to doctors and doctors have said this is how long he could possibly have left. And we're, you know, he's, he's not spread his kidneys. So, as long as, you know, you, you can tell if he's in pain. You know, you don't want it to get bad. You don't need to worse. Like, my biggest pet peeve, too, along with the, you know, you're not a vet. Don't diagnose him or don't try to tell me X, Y, Z. Things we already know. Like, people were telling us stuff. The actual vets with the degree, were actually, they've already told us. And it's like, well, the vet already told us this stuff. Why are you telling us the same thing? You know? And so, I, I and what, what got me. And I'm actually at work right now, um, pulling into the parking lot, but I'll finish this real quick. And, um, what got me is this was supposed to be a mutual, it's a, 
like with any loved one, child, adult, whatever, it's supposed to be a mutual decision on what you do with their care and you know, especially with pets. If everybody in the family has loved the pet, you don't want one person to have burden have the burden of saying, Okay, do this. Okay, do that. And in the end, they're gonna feel like, Oh my gosh, you couldn't handle this, so you left it all on my shoulders and now I feel like a you know, a butt wipe or whatever for you doing, you know, this, that and the third. And so I don't want this all on my shoulders. I don't want to put it all on anyone's shoulders. So it has to be a mutual decision. And the one thing we, we said we weren't going to do as a family is play the blame game. So what I mean by play the blame game is we're not going to accuse one or the other of, you did this without my permission. You said you did da, da, da. Well, you're the one that went behind my back. And do, 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 do. Nope, we said we weren't going to do that. So, that's, you know, that's what we said we weren't going to do and things like that. So, without getting too into it, you know, and things like that, um, we've had a lot of cancer in my family. Like, a lot of my loved ones have passed from cancer. It's sad. This brings up memories. It, you know, cancer, watching anybody suffer through anything brings up memories for all of us. Um... My my biggest thing is this. If if you have children and they've, you know, their loved ones have been through cancer or anything, terminal illness, they're going to also feel the sadness. It's not just, oh, well, this person's feeling real sad about this loved one. This one's feeling real sad about this loved one. Well, yeah, your kids are going to feel it too because that was their loved one. They're not, you know, they're not immune to feeling the sadness. They may not show the sadness. Like me, I can only handle one thing at a time. So it does, I'm already sad that my puppy son is sick. And I love my loved ones dearly, you know, the ones that have passed, the ones that are still here. I miss the ones that have passed dearly, which they were still here with us. And, you know, I grieve them in my own way, you know, in my own way not, you know, I don't, it's not, you know, I'm not thinking about them every day. I do think about them every day, but it's, it's not helpful for me to, since I'm, as I'm already sad about my puppy son, to also start to grieve again about my loved ones of the past. And I'm not trying to be ugly or mean about it, but it's like they've passed. I am sad. I think about them every day, every day. I mean, every day, but I'm already sad. And I understand some people, you know, it brings up memories. I get it. I get it. And if that's how you grieve, by thinking of the memories and then thinking of this too, that's fine. I can't do both. I, I don't, I'm already clinically depressed. Diagnosed by a doctor uh, a couple years ago. I, I can't handle, you know, bringing up old memories and also try to be emotionally strong for my puppy son. Because dogs can sense we're sad, we're stressed, we're angry. And so I'm sitting there and I'm just ah, ah, ugly crying every day because I'm thinking of loved ones who have passed and him being sick, you know, it's hard. And so I get a lot of pressure cooker conversations. What I mean by pressure cooker conversations are 
I get the conversations before we actually went to back to PetSmart. And they informed us that his mass is a strong tissue that will not burst. Because at one point, and I didn't think this now, okay? I, you know, I probably should have been thinking about it, but I didn't think like that. That, oh, the mask could burst, and if it bursts, and he's in the home, he's running around, you know, he's scared, he's hurt, he doesn't know what's going on, and it's leaking everywhere. Then somebody's going to have to come and disinfect the home because it is a cancer. And that's, you know, not a good um, thing to have in your home like that. Um, then, so I get those conversations. Other people get conversations of, it's so sad. It's hard watching them go through this. It just brings up memories of such and such. Other people get the emotional conversations. I get the conversations of, we're going to have to make a decision at some point. Because what you don't want to have happen, what you don't want to have happen is someone that die in the room with you and you'll never get over it, you know. Then it's the other people get the conversations of, what's just sad, you know, I just watch them every day and it's sad. Why are my conversations the morbid, not, yeah, morbid gross pressure cookers? And, you know, and I'm not trying to be ugly. I get everybody's going through this and I get that. I'm not trying to be that person. But it's just like, I want the sad, I don't want any of those conversations really truly, to tell you the truth, be honest. But if I do have to have a conversation like that, I want it to be the emotional, we don't know what we're going to do, it brings up a memory of XYZ. Why don't I get those same deep emotional conversations because and this is how I feel everyone feels differently this is how I feel I feel like it's almost like you have to make the decision you have to you know we're, we're forcing you to go ahead and say yay nay and you know decide because we know it's going to obviously be dependent on me basically it's what it's what the issue is and it's like no it's not just going to be on me I'm not, not going to be the only one that says, okay, let's go, and we go, because I don't want to feel like crap. Like, y'all couldn't make the decision. You left it all, you know, I don't want all that burden on my shoulders. So, you know, I just, I notice things now. And I don't know if this is an experience I would want to do again. I, you know, don't know if I would ever get another dog or a cat or something and them get sick. I mean, you just don't think your pet's gonna get this and they get this my baby you know he's got this I don't and it's hard it's really really hard and so I'm just kind of like where do we go now for for here from here so I don't really like to think about it it's um nerve-wracking every day I'm I don't want to say I'm suffering from PTSD but I feel like I'm gonna have traumatic PTSD from this. Like, I, I, you know, I'm also going through my own crap, which is a whole nother podcast, which maybe the podcast I'll do at the end of the day. Because I feel like sharing things with y'all today. But I'm going to go. I'm at work. I need to get inside. I probably have some salads and stuff to do. Yay, me. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, so I'm pressure cooked. I feel it. I don't like it. I mean, he's doing okay for what he can be doing. Um, he was biting a lot last night around this area where the mass is and on his feet and arm 
or leg area and so I had to play like um I I don't want to say like police but I had to police him in that area like stop 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 covering him up and putting his cone back on covering up putting his cone back on he's gotten to the point where he doesn't like to sleep with his cone on and so I have to take because he growls if you don't if he has it on and so I'm trying to be nice and take it off and say okay we'll go to sleep and as soon as I take it off he gets back under his you know cocoon and bites and it's one thing if he's licking his paw because we kind of said okay maybe that's soothing him but he gets like violently biting and I'm just like dude no and I know that's probably like a sign saying he's probably really hurting you need to think of like end of life care you know and I get that but we're just trying to hold on with you know and I, I know it's selfish to like find the glimpses of good and and hold on to those as if they're truth and I get it but it's hard and I told you know I, t- I, I said when people were diagnosing him for us all my veterinarian friends and family and people that just outsiders looking in you know when they get a pet and their pet goes to, I want them to make those same decisions I want them to have those same thoughts oh he just got diagnosed put him down I want I want them to have those same thoughts. I'll never say them to you because I don't want I don't want to hear them. So I'm never gonna say them to anybody that's going through that because that's their own decision and their own time and their own choice. But if you get a pet and you're going through it, make those same decisions. Say those same words. You won't. You can't. Why? Because it, it's gonna be gut wrenching, heart wrenching, terrible. And that's what they don't realize. They think it's so easy to just to say those words and to do. It's not. It's not. So I'm going to go. Um, before I get emotional and don't go in on it at all. Um, so yeah. Alright guys. I'll be back on later. Bye.